This is Connor, and I'm here with my co-host, Justin Lozada. How are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. Um, you know, it's it's been a it's been a rough week, um, and I kind of wanted to to address that off the back and, and bat and be be honest here. Um, yeah, that's an understatement. It, it has been a rough week. <laughs> um, so you know, we can kind of use this this podcast as a bit of a, a therapy session for both of us, and and hopefully for you guys too. Um, um you know, it's it's been. Um, the world is in, is in a situation that I don't think I ever expected in my lifetime. And, and I'm struggling, I'm struggling with processing that I've always been a pretty hopeful person and I'm, I'm struggling to find that hope lately. Um, I struggle with, um, you know, as, as, you know, I'm, I'm reflecting on in our, in our current city and in our current country and, and in the state of California, um, we've been seeing the coronavirus case numbers uh, spike. Um, the, the infection rate has been spiking um, something fierce. And um, in the, in the midst of that, you know, we're also going through, you know, a massive amount of political upheaval and, you know, we're still going through, you know, everything that we're going through with, um, with racial unrest and, and police brutality. And it, it's, it's a lot, it's too much to take, I think for a lot of us, um, but that's why we all turn back to movies and that's why me and I, I don't want to speak for Justin, but I, I know him pretty, um, you know, pretty well. I, I know that that's why he turns to movies too, as an escape and um, a way to kind of process our emotions. So we're going to hope to do that here today. Um, so Justin, tell me about your week. What have you been up to this week? Uh, you know, this week, you know, it's pretty much been like my other week since this pandemic where... I am working from home and, you know, you do your hours. And then after that, you know, you go about your home routine, you know, trying to keep the place in order and cooking and cleaning and, you know, spending time with your significant other. And yeah, and I, you know, I try to find time for that escape as well, you know, through film. Um, Any other time, theaters are open and I'll go out and watch a movie, but with theaters closed, currently uh hopefully they can reopen as uh the chains would like to but as of right now it's just you know just revisiting older films to uh help with that escape at the moment um it wasn't the worst week i've ever had or anything like that but just with everything going on between uh knowing that these numbers are going up and the rhetoric um in terms of, you know, um, partisan politics, it's, it's too much. And normally where, you know, I am very quite cynical. Um, I still manage to find a sliver of hope, but it is hard to, uh, hang on to. For sure. Um, definitely. Um, what I wanted to do and what I kind of wanted to make a routine going forward on the podcast is, um, uh, create a section where we talk about other movies that we've been watching, other TV shows, any any other media, um, and I I count video games in that. I I count I count books. Um, you know, I just kind of what other media have we been consuming throughout the week? Um, just because I I think that's a a fun idea. Um, so I'm going to start with Justin. What what have you been watching this week? Uh, well, I I, I did restart uh, Watchmen, <laughs> the show. Um, when we were originally going to go, um you know, discuss that, but that, that definitely cannot be, 
done and over the course of one episode because there is so much to unpack. So I'm still working my way through Watchmen, I'm just revisiting it. Um, I am at my uh, dining room table right now, and I am looking at a stack, literally a stack of films unopened that I need to go through. Uh, but this week, I did manage to make time for V for Vendetta. And um, since I just rewatched it, I'm actually going to read the uh, the original graphic novel for the first time. And then I'm actually quite excited because I just found out that there is a 4K UHD coming out this fall. So, um, yeah, that's what I revisited this week. Um, you know, it just comes to mind was V for Vendetta. That's awesome. I love hearing that. That's, you know, that's become, I think at the time when that movie comes out, came out, I don't think it was fully understood. And it's definitely a movie that I think has grown in a lot of people's eyes um, over the years. Um, I, what have, what have I been watching? Um, I was watching Love, Victor, which we're going to talk about today. I was watching that throughout the course of the week. Um, I've also um, been watching some staples. I, I rewatched Love, Simon for the first time in a while. Um, honestly, I, I, unlike myself, how I normally am, I haven't really been watching a lot. I, I watched them um, up, which is a movie that I always go back to when I need it. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, <laughs> and that's a wonderful movie. And I love the score. Um, Michael Giacchino's score is, is so beautiful. Um, so that was, that was wonderful. Um, and other than that, I... I haven't really done much this week. Yeah, um, there's so much going on that, and on top of that, I'm just invested in way too many streaming services that <laughs> I was just like, man, where do I start? So um, I actually started um, this morning, and I haven't finished it yet, but uh, Scooby, uh, the film that was supposed to go um, to the to theaters this past May, but ended up just getting a direct-to-streaming release. Um, I started watching that on HBO Max, so I need to restart it and finish it. I wish I could say positive things about Scooby, but I didn't love it, but I'm excited to hear what you think, and hopefully you have a better take than I do. Um, From what I've <laughs> seen so far, I'm like, I can see why it got the reaction that it did receive. It, it definitely now, and, and it's interesting. It's it's kind of like a chicken and egg type of conversation. But it, watching it, it's like, oh, this doesn't feel like it should have ever come out in theaters. And there's been a few movies like that that have come out. Um, there was the Kumail Nagiani and um, oh, the Lovebirds, uh, Lovebirds, and that watching that in hindsight, it's like, oh, maybe this didn't deserve to come out. <laughs> it's like it's they're both such good actors, and they they take a movie that that has no no business being very good and they elevate it i think yeah just because they're they're such great comedic actors i actually like the lovebirds did you i I did um it definitely i mean you can tell that when that film because i think it was supposed to come out the first week of april you can definitely tell that that was a film the studio was just trying to put out to transition you know, you know, from the fall movie season or the winter movie season to the spring movie season, because then a week later we were supposed to get uh, No Time to Die. And, you know, those films like that, that were going to ramp up what is pretty much a now canceled summer movie season. It's so weird thinking about it, like seeing Mulan. I, I was I am. Um, I'm a big got pushed I'm back a, again. Exactly. Got pushed back into August. Mm-hmm. I uh 
part of me, what I've been spending my week doing and, and a guilty pleasure of mine is I, um, I go down little YouTube rabbit holes. There's certain, uh, YouTubers that I really like to watch. Um, two of them actually are, are, they're called the, the Tim Tracker. Um, that's like the YouTube channel is the Tim Tracker. It's, it's Jen and Tim Tracker. Um, and they just, they're basically, they live in Orlando and they're theme park enthusiasts. Um, and, uh, they were, I was watching some old videos of theirs and they, um, they were at Walt Disney World and on the menu it said Mulan, uh, coming out March 31st or March. March 20th, was it? I think that was, yeah, it was the end of March. It was the end of March. And it was just so surreal seeing that. It's like a, we're living in like an alternate timeline. And it's, it's, it is crazy because Tenant was supposed to come out the, uh, the 17th and that got pushed to 31 July. And Mulan was supposed to come out the 24th of July. And, um, because the, the theaters are, reopening in different phases, you know, and, and across the states, you know, and hopefully they can still meet their, um, their opening. Cause I think, uh, I know Cinemark, um, uh, the Texas chain, they, uh, restarted uh-huh. opening and, oh, wow. um, we have a theater here in Palm Springs that started opening as well. Just one of them. And they, they do old films. Now they also, with the numbers going up, they didn't, they didn't reclose it or anything. Did they? Oh, I haven't I haven't checked back today. I know I know a lot of the, the bars here in Palm Springs have been closing. Because I know my um, feelings will be hurt. So the restaurants probably aren't far far behind. Yeah, our Riverside County in California where I think we have one of the, the top infection rates in the in the country. Um it, at least we have for a lot of this this pandemic. Um I know Texas is exceptionally bad right now. Yeah. So Florida. Texas, Florida, Arizona. I mean the numbers have been even here in Colorado the numbers have gone up slightly but we're still doing pretty good overall. But yeah. I know uh, Cinemark was supposed to I think Cinemark and Regal was supposed to reopen on the 10th of July. Um, yeah. and the, the classic film lineup has me really excited. I'm like, you know what? We could do, we could do without the new <laughs> movies for a minute. You know, yeah. give me, give me time to catch some of these, you know, classics on the big screen and AMC. Um, they're supposed to reopen on the 15th. Uh, one of my friends in Canada, Cineplex, uh, he watched Kill Bill volume one on Friday. I was jealous. Oh, that would be so fun. I know. I, I did not see that movie in theaters. I, I feel, I, I don't know. I, I was at a time where, for whatever reason, I was still not seeing rated R movies. In theaters. <laughs> I don't know. It was a different Connor. Um, but I, I, I'm sad. I, I'd like to see that movie on the big screen. It's, it's such a, like the, the scope of that movie is so massive. Oh man. I got memories with that one because, um, I was a projectionist at the time. Um, uh, and I built one of the 35 millimeter prints that we got. Um, so I definitely have fond memories of that film's theatrically, but, um, I mean, the chains, they've unveiled their plans. I mean, when I say the chains, the ones I know about, uh, Regal, Cinemark, AMC, even yeah. a- Alamo Drafthouse, uh, they said they, w- they will make sure that their theaters are safer than supermarkets. I'm like, wow. I read that. I, read that. I was like, all right, guys, well, ma- make sure that you know you really put your money where your mouth is on that one. I mean, so, I mean, My we'll sit there and say, about about going to the theaters. There was a time where I was definitely gung-ho and ready for it, and as time goes on, I, I don't know. I'm, I become a little more apprehensive of it. it I don't know. I, I don't know if you feel different. And that's, reason. that's honestly, that's perfectly okay because being honest, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna be out there, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I'm definitely keeping an eye on how people 
are conducting themselves, you know, dur- yeah. during this current environment. I mean, for those who don't already know, I've had COVID-19 and I had the milder symptoms, but it is still no fun, even with the mild symptoms. So I just 100% recovered. And so I'm definitely still taking it easy out there, adhering to, you know, the measures in place. I'm always wearing a mask and, you know, making sure that I'm social distancing. I carry hand sanitizer on me and wash my hands quite often. I think I probably have probably, I don't know, the cleanest hands in Colorado. I don't know, but... (laughs) I'm just definitely, you know, if the only way out of this is going uh-huh. through this and going forward. And Very true. I think that, you know, we can all definitely pull our weight and we can push this thing back up against the ropes to get back to some level of normalcy. But it's going to take everybody doing their part. Oh, for sure. hundred um, percent. No, what I wanted to um, what I wanted to bring up is it's it's funny it, with the the pandemic and and what it's kind of the things that it's it's changed my focus to it's it's made me appreciate small little things that I I maybe didn't appreciate as much as I should have in the in the um the, before this all um like we went a couple weeks ago we went down to Universal Studios which is not open yet but their city walk which is their version of um Disney Springs or um or um the uh oh i can't even remember the uh the name of the Hollywood version or the um Anaheim version uh Disney um basically their shopping and um just doing that and that little glimmer of of feeling like i'm back at the park was so fun and, and such a such a like a, a small little joy um and you know i i miss those things I, I i really do and and that was that was nice and it definitely i i don't think i i think it's been good for me to realize how much what all the things i was taking for granted and and the little ways that i can find joy now that i didn't think i I don't think I knew about before or I, I wasn't, I feel like it's, it's forced me to be a bit more mindful, I guess, is what I'm trying to stumble through and get to. I totally understand because yesterday um, I went downtown, you know, downtown Denver for the first time in a while and, um, you know, got to see a lot of the, you know, from the protests, the murals, some of the damage done. But like for me going to uh, Twist and Shout, it's next to the Sci Film Center, um, on Colfax, you know, just me going into a record shop and just sort of just going up and down the aisles a bit. That that was a nice little bit of normalcy that actually just did wonders for me, you know, for my mental health. Um, yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying. To me, it's really about the small things that, you know, sometimes we just really overlook or take for granted. 100%. Totally. Um, okay, well, I... I would love to get into talking about um, Love, Victor, and Love, Simon. I was thinking, and I didn't even ask you, what do you think if we talk about Love, Simon? Yeah, let's go with that first. Yeah, let's do it that way. Okay. Um, So I actually think you've seen Love, Simon more than I have. I think you're a bigger stan than I am of of Love, Simon. Uh, So I'd love to have you lead us off. Um, What are your thoughts about Love, Simon? Uh, What what did you think when you saw it? What are your thoughts now? Oh, man. Looking back on it. Ah, So it's been two years now since uh, that film came out. And I remember the first time when I saw the trailer for it and, you know, just just the whole, 
you know, feeling of seeing, you know, a mainstream uh, gay love story on the big screen, even though we've had, you know, plenty of others, you know, such as Brokeback Mountain, but something that's geared more towards, you know, uh, the youth. And so I remember I did see it at a sneak preview a week before it came out. And then I saw it um, another time theatrically. So I saw it twice theatrically and, you know, picked up on a lot of the nuances, you know, that I didn't pick up on the first time. But um, just seeing that story on the big screen, a lot of it definitely um, resonated with me. I mean, nobody really ever sees themselves fully represented on screen, but you can definitely see uh, shades of yourself in a character or in a situation. And for me, um, I didn't come out of the closet until I was 32, but a lot of what Simon went through in that film, a lot of that I can definitely relate to. But um, it's a great film. Um, highly recommend it if you have not seen it. I think it's probably streaming somewhere on TV currently. Um but yeah, definitely check out Love Simon if you have not seen it yet. Yay. Um no, I I just watched it again on Friday. I actually had I um I pulled out a blanket and went and sat on the grass <laughs> and, and did it did a movie like that, which was super fun. Um and I I agree. I, I really appreciate kind of the the small bits of new ground that the movie broke. Um what I what I think going back and reflecting back on it i think the disconnect for me with that film is i i feel like simon represents the the type of kid in in high school that i was striving to be like not the kid that i was I, he's definitely a, a cooler kid than i was he's definitely more of a popular kid he's definitely a bit more arrogant and a bit more I don't know, almost that there's verges of him almost being like a cool kid bully, but maybe I'm wrong in that. But it, for whatever reason, I, I just, that, that part of it, I bristle, I bristle with a little bit. Um, the things that I do like about it, I do like, um, I, I really appreciate, uh, the scene with, uh, Jennifer Garner at, um, their, the coming out moment. And um, I appreciate their the relationships and friendships that the um, that all the kids have feel very real. Um, I don't know. I'm rambling. What do you What do you think, Justin? That, that scene always resonated with me. Um, essentially, she says, "You know, you get to breathe now because he finally let that weight go. He unpacked that information to his parents um, to let them know that you know he's gay." Um, the scene that definitely gets me is, um, I came out to my parents on Christmas day, like he did in the movie. And, um, is there ever really a good time to come out? I don't think there's ever really a good time to come out. Is Christmas day the best day? Um, no, no, it's not. But, um, the thing is when you tell your truth to somebody else, you never know how they're going to react. And honestly, you cannot control how they're going to react because, they have to process this part of you yourself that you just revealed to them, even though you've known a lot longer, they're just finding out. And of course the anxiety and fears that that goes along with being a parent, finding out their child might have a harder time um, living authentically. Yeah. That, that scene, the, the scene with Jennifer Garner echoed a lot of kind of, it, it, it hearkened to, 
some of the relationship that I have with my mom and and the conversations that I remember having with her upon coming out. Um, I came out in kind of two phases, but but I do remember there was a conversation that me and my mom had where where she described how she could see the weight that I was holding on my face, how when I came out, that weight was lifted and my face physically looked different. It was like it was it was pushing my whole body down that my physical appearance was changing, which is really interesting. Um, but I what I what I think is really interesting and the way that Love, Simon relates to Love, Victor. So this movie came out in a time where we'd seen the a lot of the, the LGBT plus films that we'd seen up to this point. A lot of them were tragedies. It felt like a lot of them ended with it always ended on a sad note or very much, very much. some sort of unrequited love or somebody dies. And it's just like, God damn, when do we get a, you know, when do we get a happy ending, you know? Yes, exactly. And I feel like this, this movie kind of, it, it, it's, it's important to remember that when you, when you watch this movie, because it's definitely the opposite of that. It's, it's kind of like, you know, the writers were like, well, we've, we haven't gotten our happy ending. Why don't we give them that? So the movie definitely, it, I don't know if it would feel true to a lot of people's coming out experiences, the, the, the certain ways that it was quite easy for Simon. Um, and Love, Victor, I think, kind of works perfectly in that it kind of harkens back to that. And and Victor almost, you know, in their conversations that they have that we'll talk about later, is kind of like you're you're coming from a place of privilege, a place of privilege excuse me, um, and you know, you have to realize that that most people's coming out experiences aren't as easy as yours, Simon. So that that's interesting to me to think about. Um, and just, I don't know, it, it was definitely a, a sign of the times. And, um, you know, even, forgive me, I'm, I'm spacing I mean, on where I, I was going. I, where I, was continue, I, think that's, I think that's just the fact that the, this film had, you know, studio backing, 20th Century Fox, um, you know, when you put your money into something, you definitely want to try to make sure it can get seen by the widest audience. And so meaning that, you know, when it comes to like that Hollywood ending, uh, Love, Simon has that. While it's like with the uh, a lot of other, you know, um, LGBT, you know, films, it's like these films are made on much smaller budgets or might not have a well-known cast. So it's like, I don't know. It's like be be sad or be tragic on your own dime. Wow, when the studios put in big money, they're trying to really, you know, give that. You know, it, it's still Hollywood politics at play, even with you know this film. Very, very much. No, and I I think about you know I I think about um you know the the friendship that he has with his friends and you know how he has this really really tight bond and they go and get coffee together and all these things and I I think about my experience and I actually. I think I had more more friends, more friendships than I in my head look back on and, and realize. But and tell me if this is I don't want to speak for everyone's experience, but for mine, I felt like I was carrying this burden alone and it made it it made the lens that I was viewing life, it made me feel like no one was there with me. Um and it, it feels like Simon's experience is much different than that. You know, he has he has these just, just these wonderful friendships, um, and I that 
that wasn't true to, especially as a teenager, I, I was a miserable mess and I, I was so in my head. Um, and it, it's just, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this ramble, but. No, no, I, I hear you because I didn't come out until I was 32, but I've known since I was nine. So for me, I just suppressed and I pushed. And it definitely does feel like you're going through this alone because, in the, especially in the 90s, and I love the 90s with all my heart and soul. But in the 90s, if, if you think about queer representation and, you know, people coming out, it, it was it's still a battle for a lot of people because because not everybody, like you said, has that ideal coming out situation or are necessarily in the position to do so safely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. And so, you know, me and also, you know, the cultural aspect, I'm black and Puerto Rican where there are certain ideas of masculinity um, that come into play as well. So and then on top of that, joining the police force, Joining the military still when don't ask, don't tell was still the policy. And, you know, even though that policy was repealed while I was still on active duty, I did not feel comfortable coming out still. So for me, it was definitely um, a process that didn't really start until I left active duty. And I I started to really confront that um, more, you know, head on. It's not an easy journey. From you know, um, I guess to self uh, self acceptance. Yes, yes, very true. No, I, I I feel like this is this is our the this is our version of like um the Breakfast Club or Breakfast at Tiffany's or um oh, I'm not not Breakfast at Tiffany's. Excuse me, Sixteen Candles um or or even like Never Been Kissed. Like we just didn't have that growing up. Neither of us did. Um, so maybe this movie is a bit more light than, you know, one of my all time favorite films, which is Moonlight. There's not, there's not as much to sink your teeth into, but I think those movies are just as valid because they're, we need, we need light movies sometimes. We can't just have everything that's so heavy and, 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 yeah. and, and so much substance. We need things that are a bit more frilly and, and, um, and less, less weight. No, I hear you on that. Cause like I said, you know, a lot of the, uh, queer films that we see, they're normally tragedies. And I'm thinking, you know, when I came out and everything, I mean, it's not, I mean, I guess this is wading into the whole thing about representation and what we see on screen. It's not always reality, but it, it's not always, you know, the image out there that's seen that that is everybody's truth. Yes. I hear you there. No, I, I think about when I think about high school movies and movies that paint my experience, I feel like there there are a few, and the 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 characters, the lead characters, aren't on the spe- they aren't LGBTQ plus. But um, I think about Eighth Grade, which came out a couple years ago, and I that think was a that, great film. That definitely represents more where I'm coming from, how I felt as a teenager, how how just it was almost you know it's just like a a certain amount of complete discomfort that's just like for like foreboding and and just it lingers over every every moment that you have as a teenager and i that felt more true to me than this experience this felt this felt too easy it didn't definitely i was like man my teenage years were not this fun (laughs) that's what i'm saying yeah it's, it's definitely not everybody's life uh maybe that was a little foreshadowing you know now that fox has been 
bought out by Disney. So maybe this is uh, the Disney version of a coming out story. Yeah. So what would you, to kind of wrap up our, our conversation about, about Love, Simon, what what do you think when you think back on Love, Simon and when you kind of think about what it has to say about about the LGBTQ experience um, and coming out, what do you what do you think you would sum up the movie's position as? Like, what what is your takeaway from the movie if you have one? I mean, um, even though it, these, you know, no film is above criticism, and I think a lot of the the criticism is valid, but there is no one way to come out. And and even in Love, Victor, uh, the follow-up series, um, it's even stated in there that there's no one way to come out uh, because everybody's journey is unique and their own. And so even though, um, and Nick Robinson, he did a great job of of bringing his character to life, did a great job. Um, And the supporting cast, they were great as well. But, now, Love, Simon, I think, has laid the groundwork um, for, I think, more youth-oriented um, queer films. Um, maybe more interesting films. And, and, and more interesting films, exactly. Because the thing is, I, I don't want to see a million Love, Simon-type films come out just because this film you know, happened to be a modest success. Um, this is just one of many narratives. Um, that can be seen on the big screen um, that may resonate, you know, with with many people. Um, I remember when Brokeback Mountain came out and um, that was like the first, you know, big uh, queer love story I remember seeing theatrically at the time. And, you know, most of the controversy around it wasn't even so much the film itself, just on certain parts of the film. And I thought sort of the film sort of got a, I guess, negative rap because of that. And that's a great film too, if you haven't seen that. But no, but Love Simon definitely um to me it just it just lays, like I said, the groundwork for more queer stories to be seen on the big screen by everybody. So I definitely, like I said, if you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. And then I, you know, I have some I have some recommendations for, you know, a bit more um some LGBT Q plus films that are have a bit more teeth. Um, I think about uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which came out um, in theaters, came out before then in, in film festivals, but came out in theaters in February. Um, and that's a movie that, that definitely has a lot more on its mind. It's a lot more heady and a lot more complex. Um, and in a movie that I'd like to talk about at some point, but um, definitely, you know, it, it definitely takes the idea of an LGBTQ story um, and definitely gives it a bit more, uh, there's just a bit more weight and uh, weight to it. Um, Okay. Well, moving on, let's move on to, to love Victor. Um, So love Victor is interesting. So it was, was greenlit by Fox. Um, I don't know when this was greenlit. Was it greenlit after the Disney merger when, when Disney acquired Fox or was this before that? I can't remember exactly when because the Fox deal was actually a, um, a couple of years in the making. Uh, I mean, we see so many of these um, pre-Disney Fox properties still not even released yet, like uh, The New Mutants, which I don't, will that film ever see the light of day? I don't know. We'll but see. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll see. But I, I think maybe somewhere in between, I think... Um, this follow-up project uh, came about. 
um, because I wasn't quite sure if it was going to be a feature film, if it was going to be a TV show. And I bring that up just because I I wanted to address kind of this this movie, the the history of it. It was it was going to be released on Disney Plus, and then. Disney, who also owns, who also at some point bought the streaming service Hulu, moved it onto Hulu instead of premiering it on Disney Plus. And now that I've seen it, that that decision feels really silly to me. And so that's kind of why I brought it up. I I, I don't know how you feel about it, but now that now yeah, watched it, I've, I've heard so much about it, you know, and and the and the press surrounding that because originally it was supposed to be on Disney Plus. And I love Disney as a company. I still think they try to have it both ways in terms of audiences because when it comes to queer stories, you know, they, they want to tell it. And and I guess they're trying to be authentic with it, but it's like they still don't want to co-mingle it with the Disney brand. And so even though I know Disney, the company itself, you know, gay days at Disney World and things like that but it seems like when it comes to the brand in terms of um visual content it's like they still don't want to put certain themes on Disney even though like in um I don't know if you've seen it yet on um Disney Plus but High School Musical the musical No I have not seen it yet. Okay, it's cheesy as hell but I still <laughs> love it. Um but there there is a character one of the main characters in the show obviously he is gay. Um he is uh, an effeminate gay guy but the thing is it's just like they don't want to say the word gay even though in an episode um the guy that he likes um you know that he ends up coming to the dance and they hold hands and everything but it's like disney doesn't want to be explicit and when i say explicit yeah. just meaning that saying who these characters are instead of leaving the audience to guess. And so with Love, Victor, I think the reason why it ended up on Hulu was just because there, there's some content on there that probably just wouldn't mesh well with Disney. And I guess that's why Disney has so many subsidiary companies over the years. So even though it's Disney behind it, they don't want the Disney name um, just stamped onto it. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I think that was the case with Love, Victor as well, was just um, this is going into mature territory that might not really sit well with the Disney name. But we have this other service where we can tell the story that just feels a lot more authentic because I think had it been on Disney Plus, they would have Disney-fied it to the point where I probably would not have wanted to watch it because I think it would have just shied away a little too much. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, no. So I wanted to, I wanted to kind of recap the show and, and kind of get your thoughts on, on, I, I don't know if I'm going to go through episode by episode, but I'm going to try my best to kind of encapsulate what happens in the season. So, um, for everyone um, tuning in, there will be spoilers for the show, and I know it just came out just a couple of weeks ago. Spoiler uh, alert! What is your what is your overall take on the show? What did you think? I think the show definitely did a better job of um, expanding that universe <laughs> not like a not like a Marvel Cinematic Universe, but just showing that there's more to this 
fictional um, setting in Atlanta at this high school where, you know, you have another student who is struggling to figure things out in their life. But I think the, the great thing about 10 episodes, it gave us a chance to really get to know this character and the other uh, characters who surround this one main character. So that's what that's what I love most about the show was that it, it gave the narrative more time and a bigger canvas to be able to breathe. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more with you. And I I love I love certain things like I I like the um there's there's a narrative technique that they use. I I guess um in every episode the way that the that Simon is involved with show is like a pen pal to Victor. Um and I, I appreciate in the first episode is kind of where he dresses like, hey, here's your experience. You know, your experience was pretty easy. Um, I just want you to know that, Simon, that was that's BS. That isn't my experience. You know, my family's living in an apartment. You know, we're we're not living in this. You know, you look at you look at Simon's house and he has this huge room with this, you know, these um like a, those walls that you can write on, like the chalk walls. I'm trying to think of what those are. Anyway, they, they live in a beautiful home. They're definitely upper middle class. Um, and Simon's family is, is definitely more, um, more real to, um, kind of the times, you know, they're, they're, um, they're Latino, um, or Latinx. And, um, I don't know. I, I appreciate that about it. And I also appreciate that, um, you know, his situation is more complicated. His family is religious, um, you know, that you can, in the first episode, it's kind of hinted that something's going on between his, his, um, dad and his mom. There's some kind of tension there. Um, and I actually appreciated their storyline a lot in the, the season. Um, and I, I just appreciate the, um, the complexities that the show kind of, uh, illuminated. I, I feel like things are a lot more, a lot more, um, uh, just more, more nuanced in the show. Um, there's, it's definitely not perfect. You know, there are things that I, I didn't love about it. Um, and if I, hopefully I get a chance to address those, but. Um, yeah, I definitely agree about that. I love the fact that, you know, it, it's not trying to rehash what was done before, but just telling a, a story about a new character with a different background. And like you said, it, it's a lot more complex than what we got in the two hour movie. Yes, very, very much. And there's times where it reminds me of, um, in, in good ways and in bad ways. And it's a show that I think me and both me and Justin both have, have watched and enjoyed is, um, Riverdale kind of the, the soapy nature of that show. There's, I love there's Riverdale. Times where, I know. As ridiculous <laughs> as that storyline. Just, I mean, every year with Riverdale, it's, it's now on its fourth season going into its fifth. Riverdale storyline goes off the rails real fast, but you know what? I don't give a good goddamn. I'm there for the entire ride. <laughs> I get it. I, I get it. I, I think that, um, is it, it's Dylan Sprouse that's in that show? Dylan, uh, yeah, no, I think Cole Sprouse. Cole Sprouse. He's honestly my favorite part of Riverdale just because I, I his love for horror, his, his love for movies. I, I definitely see myself in that character. Um, and he's the reason that I've gone back to watch it. I actually stopped watching, I think, at the end of the second season. Um, it kind of lost me. Um, but, <laughs> but, but this last season, this last season actually got me to tune out for a while because I was like, like, what the hell are they doing now? Like, you know what? Just wait until it gets all released on Netflix instead of, instead of waiting um, week after week. Long, too, man. Oh, so they, dra- they drag it out. Mm-hmm. Ugh. 
that that's a problem with you know with with a lot of shows i think right now is is especially the nice thing about streaming is that there was you know in the past there was a a need for for lots of lots of content on on um network tv you know they they had to fill these television these uh these time slots and so because of that from september to may they had to keep new episodes going um and for most tv shows 25 plus episodes is just too many for it's too much i i can't remember exactly what show uh got me to really appreciate brevity but I love the British format for their shows where oh, you might think of like Sherlock. Yeah. Six episodes, six feature length episodes or less. And that's an entire season. And I'm like, yo, I wish they could do that more here in the States. And with streaming services, they definitely do that. So I, what I loved about Love, Simon was that it was 30 minutes per episode and 10 episodes said enough for the entire season and set it up perfectly for the next season. Oh, I, I actually completely agree. When when Love, Victor ended, I was like, wait, that's it? I, I, I definitely, you know, it succeeded and that I was ready to watch more. Um, and so I wanted to, so let's see. So it starts off, we meet, we meet Victor and we kind of, he's transferring to a new school. Um, we meet his family um, and, you know, they, Basically, um, Creek Secrets, which is um, mentioned in in Love Simon, plays a big part in this show. That's um, that's how how Simon his whole story is is plastered on that website. But he's also kind of a, a like a folk hero, kind of a like a school a school legend. Um, so that's how Victor finds out about him. Um, and we we meet Victor, and and um, he's definitely not. He's he's struggling in a different way than than Simon was. When you meet Simon and love Simon, he's already in a lot of ways he's already kind of come to grips with his own sexuality. He just hasn't told anyone yet. Um Victor is not that far along and he hasn't reconciled himself no. Um so he meets um let's see. I am not Felix. Yes, he makes his next door neighbor. Um and from there, um, we kind of meet the cast of characters that are going to be in the, the show. We meet Mia. Is it Mia? Mia. Mia. Mm-hmm. Um, who, um, through the course of the show, that becomes a, a love interest for, for Simon. Um, and I feel like that was actually done really well. So basically, um, the basic premise is, yeah, uh, Victor moves from Texas with his family looking for a fresh start. Um, and they live in this um, apartment building, and it's a really nice apartment, by the way, too. Um, Felix is his next door neighbor, and you know they pretty much, you know, on the first day of school, Victor is meeting everybody. And um, you've seen, uh, if, you, if for those who have seen Love Simon, uh, the music teacher um, portrayed by the same actress—I can't remember her name—but uh, Miss Albright is no longer the music teacher; she's the assistant principal. And she tells uh, Victor about um, Simon. And so it's throughout the series, um, you know, Victor, he meets this uh, good looking guy, uh, Benji. And, you know, Mia, you know, she finds Victor attractive as well. And um, Victor and Mia, they, you know, end up going out as a boyfriend and girlfriend. But at the same time, Victor is still trying to... um, reconcile with himself because he's still struggling 
with trying to find out exactly who he is and his identity. But then um, there's, you know, the sub story with his parents and the issues that they're going through. And then, of course, uh, Victor's, um, you know, journey to self-acceptance, you know, all the way up until the very end. So, I mean, that's pretty much like the the entire season right there. Yeah, yep, exactly. Um, you know, and um, kind of, I, I think, so... I am struggling here today. I'm sorry, guys. Um, no, what I what, what I kind of wanted to summarize. So, what I was hinting at with Victor's parents. So we find out that um, Victor's mom has um, she had an affair when they were living in Texas, um, and we also come to find out that his dad basically assaulted the person that um, was he got fired. Yeah, the, yes, exactly. He got fired, but didn't he 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 harassed or beat up the guy that she had the affair with, right? Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. Um, and so it's like the trust issues um, with with the dad trusting, you know, his wife throughout the season. Yes. Um, no, what I, what I wanted to get at, and we're going to make our way back through the show, but what I... When you, you mentioned in Love, Simon, how, you know, he comes out and it's during Christmas, it's not the perfect time. Um, you know, throughout the throughout the, the season, I feel like uh, Victor's, his arc is kind of finding finding his voice um, and also realizing that, that coming out, you can't wait forever to come out. And sometimes you just have to do it and there's no good time. So right after the, um, the kids find out that... Um, his parents, after trying for a while and telling, coming clean about the affair, um, that they're going to get a divorce. Um, he, he at first is, isn't going to come out. He's, he had chosen this time to, to come out to his parents. Um, and then he says, you know what? No, I am going to come out. And he does in that moment. Um, and it felt very true to life. I mean, there, there's many times in my life where, you know, I, something important that needs to happen and a bunch of stuff happens that, that, you know, prevents me necessarily from from doing that thing in that moment and you know usually it's for my best interest to just power through and and do what i needed to do anyway and i I don't know what i'm getting at rambling here but um elaborate for me just of what you think was that the last question again um i don't Um, even know what my question was (laughs) Um, no what do you what do you you think about that that final scene um where victor uh, comes out to his parents i thought it was well done and i thought that was the perfect way to end the season i'm glad they didn't um i'm I'm glad that he didn't tell his parents so early Mm -hmm. um, in the season um because you, you really wanted to gauge you know the characters in his life and uh, there's an episode where um, Benji and his boyfriend, the, the guy that uh, Victor liked, uh, Benji, come to his birthday party, and you know he's worried about how his grandfather uh, will react um, because you know his his family, you know they're you know they're they're an immigrant family. Um, his grandparents came from Colombia, but they still have these you know traditional conservative ideas um, about relationships. And so he's telling, you know, uh, Benji and his boyfriend to uh, pretty much tone themselves down and not be affectionate. And, you know, Victor, eventually he stands up to his grandfather. uh, And at the end of that episode, um, his dad is proud of him for standing up to his 
dad, his grandfather, but then he makes a, a remark saying that um, he hopes that his youngest son doesn't turn out to be gay. Yep. And so you, you, you sort of get a sense of where Victor's, you know, immediate family is at on the issue, or at least his dad. And then I thought it was very good at, at just at the very end where just before Victor was going to go to bed and they asked him, is there anything else um, after his parents revealed that they're going to separate? You know, he turns around, he's walking towards his room, but then he turns back around and finally tells his parents that he's gay. And you just even in that moment right there, you see the look of both relief and anxiety on Victor's face. Yeah. No, and it's interesting because I I think about I I was listening to um, some interviews um, with the uh, creator um, of Love Simon and and Love Victor, and he was talking about how with Love Victor, what he really wanted to tap into was was when you come out afterwards, there's a lot more that's going to be really difficult after that after that kind of initial come out uh, outing. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, and so so I find that fascinating, and I I think about um you know when I came out and the idea that a lot of the friendships that you had may have to end, a lot of the uh you know the family relationships there's there's just it's um I don't I don't know what I'm getting at here, but I I just find that interesting, and I I'm excited for the second season to tackle that a little bit um because I don't think that things are going to go perfectly, and I I don't think that. If the show is emotionally honest, I think that you know we could we could be seeing some interesting things. Um, I think he may not be able to live with his parents anymore. We'll see. But see, I, I, I agree. The I agree because, like you know, we I mean we've all known somebody who has come out and there was that. I mean, I had a strained relationship with my parents for for a bit, um, and, and it's not easy. Um, and so I, I think if in the second season, um, Victor doesn't go through certain trials. Uh, I'd be like, I-, I might be done with the show because t- to me that that's not totally, you know, realistic or authentic. But then again, I understand that, you know, some people have it easier than others. Some people have it harder than others um, when it comes to coming out. But I remember with me, you know, one of the biggest things, and it was even um, in Love, Simon, uh, the biggest fear for me was that the people in my life would not continue to see me as the exact same person before I came out, and which is tough in itself, though, because that experience is going to change you to a degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, you think about that that um, episode where where Victor goes to New York. Um, and spends the time with all of um, Simon's friends, um, and there, there's a a nice plot contrivance where where a, a Simon doesn't show up until the end because he's he's off um, at a a family a family wedding, I think. It's a ba- bachelor ba- party, bachelor yeah. Party. Um, but I I appreciate you know that he assumes a certain thing with all these people. He you know he. Basically, he finds out that Simon has been telling all these roommates that he lives with. He's been telling them about his story. He's been telling them about the emails he's been sending. Um, and, you know, they they basically say, hey, no, the, the reason why he's been telling us is 
every every coming out story is is completely different and you know simon says that my experience was quite easy it you know it was i definitely didn't have the challenges that you've talked about you're having um but you know one of my friends has their unique challenge that relates in this way to to this challenge in your life and another had this experience which relates to that you know this part of your experience of coming out and and i appreciate i appreciated that episode i i all all of our journeys and coming out are, are quite unique and different. And, um, you know, there's there's no right way to come out. And I, th- I think that may have been my favorite episode for that reason. reason. Um, as far as a favorite episode, I don't think I have one at least yet. Actually, you know, when, when I found out that we were going to start talking about it, I, I started rewatching it again. Uh-huh. I made a I made a halfway through, so I'm I'm like halfway through my second viewing of it though. Um, I think the finale probably it definitely is at least top two for sure. Yeah, for sure. No, I hear you there. Um, and I, um, what was I going to get out here? Um, the the chemistry between the two leads it's interesting. Neither neither of the leads, uh, Victor or Benji, are either of them gay. Because I know Victor isn't. To my knowledge, I, I don't believe so. Um, in fact, I just found out that the the guy who plays Benji, I think he's uh, English. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as far as I know, um, maybe maybe later in the future, I don't know. But yeah, as far as I know, they're they're both straight. Yeah, and they they do have really good chemistry. I, I definitely wanted to talk about that. And and you know they're. It's you know there like I said there there's definitely some soapy elements of it and and I wouldn't say that the um the show is completely perfect and I I wouldn't say that um I I feel like it's it's not my favorite show ever um but um I appreciated that aspect of it I also really liked Mia um I liked the the actress that played Mia and I appreciated her I love I loved her yep. I just felt like she was a lot more complex than that typical, you know, there's in a lot of, in a lot of gay romances, there's, there's that, um, that straight foil, you know, the, the, the first, you know, person that the person that you, you meet, that is the last, the last romance you have before you come out. Um, and I, I just felt like she was given, like they, they really fleshed her out as a character, um, and her relationship with, with her dad and, and with Victor, um, I I just appreciated that. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they do with her storyline in the second season because for for a supporting character, she she's actually quite dimensional. Yes, very much. Um, well, anyway, um, I'm exhausting my thoughts on this show. Um, I guess I don't have a ton of thoughts. Is there anything else you wanted to discuss um, before we end this? No, other than that, I definitely recommend uh, both Love, Simon and Love, Victor. Uh, Like I said earlier, you know, both these, um, you know, Victor and Simon, you know, these are, you know, those those queer projects that definitely, you know, deserve a lot more attention. Um, And even the, like I said, the criticism that is aimed at it, um, nothing is above criticism because both, you know, the show and the movie, they're not perfect. Mm -hmm. But like I said, they're they're definitely important stories in, in terms of uh, queer representation on screen. 
Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. We definitely need more of this. And if, you know, there's one good thing that can come from this or, or many good things, of course, is that we'll see more stories like this, more stories like this on TV, which would be a warm welcome. Um, well, anyway, I, I wanted to tell you guys, I recently created a email account so that you guys can email us any questions, comments, some concerns you have about the podcast. Um, and it is real love podcast at gmail.com is the uh, the email address. We also have a Twitter account, which is at just real love is the username. So you guys can find us there. Other than that, um, I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later. Queen, you are. Now I'm running and I can't stop. 